found my focus soon as you came into view Highlight and expose the way I think of you Now it's clear as day just what I need to do Start just give it all that you got Cause you don't wanna miss this moment Ready or not You've got to shoot your shot Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of Shoot Your Shot Really glad that you guys can come back to this week's episode because Today is going to be part two of a three-part episode that I have started out of not all Asian weddings are the same. And today's episode is going to be based around Hindu weddings. Now, Hindu weddings and pre-wedding events, there's a lot that goes on. They're very lengthy days and they are jam-packed, full of photographic opportunities. And it's really, really important for you to know what is happening, why it's happening, and what is coming up, because there's so much that is happening. So I thought I would go through and do this kind of series. So any of you guys who have booked maybe your first Hindu wedding or your first Indian wedding, you have some sort of idea as to what to expect. And I just feel like it's quite informative. And it's something that I wish I would have had, especially when I first got my first ever Hindu wedding which is really exciting but nerve-wracking at the same time. So we're going to go through firstly what the pre-events are. We'll then get stuck into the wedding day itself and the religious ceremony. And then we'll go through the post-wedding events, which is normally the reception and what goes on. Now, starting out with the pre-wedding events, we start with the engagement. This is where it all begins. But just before I start, I do want to say there are a lot of terms that I'm going to use today, which I may not pronounce how they're supposed to be pronounced. So I really apologize if I've not pronounced something correctly. I normally photograph these events. I'm aware of what all of the terms mean and what each part of the ceremony represents. However, I've never pronounced each and every term. So when I go through this, if I do pronounce something incorrectly please forgive me it's my first time let's get into it the pre-events we have the engagement now this is where it all begins generally speaking the engagements are very small however what i am finding is the engagements going back a few years used to be quite informal events whereas now it is turning into more of a formal event what do i mean by that what i mean is Going back a few years, it was literally just the two families sort of getting together and that's all it would involve. But now I'm finding that a lot of engagement ceremonies that are taking place, it's becoming more of a formal event where guests are invited, venues, maybe smaller venues, but venues are booked and it's just more of an event as opposed to an informal event. But anyway, regardless of the size of the event, an engagement traditionally is referred to as a roka. Now, during the ceremony, traditionally, 
obviously the groom will make his way to the bride, wherever she may be, whether that's the venue or it's happening at the house. The groom will make his way. The actual ceremony itself is just the exchanging of rings, just to announce that we are officially engaged and intend to be married. The two families will exchange gifts and it's a very short. The gifts can include Indian sweets, metain, they can involve dresses, clothes for each other, baskets, food, sweets, just things of that nature. But not too much happens on a formal basis with regards to engagements. It's just a sign of acceptance of the two families and the fact that they are both happy with this union and they understand that their two families are now going to become one. And it's also a way of them welcoming each other into each other's lives. So it's a very small event, but it is quite a crucial one. So if you do happen to book a Hindu engagement, it's something just to take note of, especially when the gifts are being exchanged. If the gifts are bought, especially from the groom's side, pictures need to be taken just to ensure these are the kind of gifts that were given. And especially once prior to the groom arriving, you will have the opportunity to see what kind of gifts and gift baskets that the bride side has to give to the groom's family once they arrive. So again, perfect opportunity to take pictures. Generally speaking, when the groom does arrive, he will have petals thrown onto him. Again, beautiful photo opportunity for you as a photographer, aside from obviously the ring exchanges. After this particular ceremony, there's a, another ceremony which may happen further down the line called a Sangeet. Now, a Sangeet can happen for the boys and the girls' side. This is basically just a chance for, say, for example, we're talking about the bride's side, for the brides and her friends to let their hair down, have fun, dance, eat, and just have fun with their family. It's very similar to a Mendi, however, on a much smaller scale. Again, this event is a very informal event. It's nothing planned. It's not too much that's going on. You may have some dance performances. However, the opposite side, so for example, if it is the bride Sangeet, the groom's family will come to that Sangeet to join in the celebrations and to represent the groom. There may be performances from the bride's family, but even though it's the bride Sangeet, there may also be performances from the groom's family as well once they arrive. So again, taking into consideration that the groom's family is coming, make sure you are available and take those pictures as they enter. They may possibly be coming in with gifts. So again, making sure that we take those pictures once they arrive. The entire event is very colorful. It's very relaxed. And it's just a very fun event to have. So it's not something that's very formal. Just keep that in mind as a photographer. Moving on from this, we have another ceremony, which is called the Haldi ceremony. A Haldi is basically turmeric. That is turned into a paste. And that paste is then applied onto both the bride and the groom. This can happen of various different ways. So. There are occasions where bride and groom will come together 
and they will have a haldi ceremony at the same time a more common one is a bride will have her haldi ceremony and the groom will have his own haldi ceremony traditionally speaking these ceremonies tend to happen at home they are quite small again quite informal but very very fun to have so if you do book a haldi ceremony just remember it's messy and it's a very 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 much fun so what tends to happen is again let's speak on the bride side the bride will be very dressed down she will be expected to be quite plain so no makeup or her hair did up or anything like that she's expected to be quite plain so once the haldi paste is applied to her the significance of it is to ensure that her skin is glowing and to ward off any bad energy so any negative energy that is surrounding her as a bride to be it's warded off what will happen is it will begin very civil however there is always that one person who takes it to a next level and after that there's no turning back someone will just grab a whole load of haldi and put it all over the bride's arms legs face sometimes even hair and from then on it will get quite messy and it's really fun to watch and it's really fun to photograph as well so but traditionally speaking each individual guest will wait their turn to come to the bride apply a bit of haldi onto her and it's just a great photographic opportunity as i said before it's a very small event traditionally but it's really fun make sure you enjoy that as a photographer and protect your cameras moving on from that we then get into the mehndi ceremony so there's various different ways of doing the mehndi ceremony as well it can be a case of it's a very small to the point where it's literally just the bride's family reason being is she will have her hands front and back and her feet and upper legs as well up to maybe the shins decorated in beautiful henna designs however this can take up to 12 hours if not more so because it's so long to apply the mehndi it's quite difficult to host an event for that amount of time so it is a case of the mehndi may be applied prior to the actual event or some of it may be applied during the event however this remains quite an informal event nonetheless so like i mentioned it it is quite an informal event however it can be hosted obviously at a venue but can also be done at home if it is slightly larger again expect the groom's side to come and represent the groom there are variations of where bride and groom are together during this ceremony too but what the mehndi ceremony involves is again very very much like the sangeet so it's a very colorful it's a very fun it's very informal there's lots of dancing there's lots of food and everyone is just there to enjoy themselves you will again more than likely have performances from both sides and there will be possibly performances even from the bride as well and if the groom is present he may also perform and the bride traditionally will obviously perform prior to having her mehndi put on to begin with because dancing around with mehndi on just wouldn't work but again these are opportunities for you as a photographer 
to take note of and make sure that you capture, especially when the Mendy is actually being applied as well. Personally, I find it mesmerizing how beautiful the henna can be. It's also said that the darker the Mendy is, the more love and the more embracing the bride's in-laws will be and her husband as well, which is part of an old wife's tale, which is cool. Okay, now we are getting into the main day, the wedding day. Again, like I mentioned, if I do pronounce something wrong, please forgive me. We start off with the Bakwano. Now, this is the welcoming of the groom. The groom will arrive with his entire entourage, his family, his friends, his close relatives. He will have doll players, there will be music playing, and he will arrive in style, in fashion. He will look amazing. So make sure you gather plenty of pictures with family coming up he will be leading the entire entourage himself there may be close family or relatives or siblings even dancing in front of him just to kind of lead the way and he will be leading the rest of his family and entourage it's an amazing photo opportunity i'm finding more and more that smoke bombs are being used as well as the groom enters so just try and arrange prior to anyone letting off a smoke bomb how they let it off perhaps might be good to do that behind the groom because if they do it in front it will completely cover the groom and you won't be able to take your photos properly once the groom arrives to a certain point he will be formally welcomed by the bride's family especially the bride's mother his mother-in-law will apply what we refer to as a tilak on his forehead which is a red dot and a couple of grains of rice, if I'm not mistaken. And then they formally invite the entire Bharat into the venue itself. Once we're inside of the venue, the priest, who will be referred to as the Pandit, will perform a very, very brief ceremony. Once that ceremony is over, the bride's mother will try to hold the groom's nose now this has two meanings one of them is to elongate the groom's nose and the groom will playfully try to dodge that and stop her from doing that the other meaning is for her to playfully remind him that he has actually come to the bride's venue or the bride's family home to ask for her hand in marriage as a result he has to keep their daughter very very happy Following this, the groom will be asked to smash a clay pot with his foot. Traditionally, he's asked to do this in one foul swoop. Now, the purpose of this is he will be demonstrating that he has the power and the strength to overcome any obstacles or problems within their married life and come out successful with his bride. Now, whilst the groom is playfully having his nose pulled or trying to dodge that, these are amazing opportunities for you as a photographer to take pictures. You have to remember that this is their first interaction. So you as a photographer need to be able to capture the feel of that moment, the playfulness, the welcoming of the bride side to the groom side. So it's very important to make sure you get those moments in. Also, whilst the groom is smashing the pot, I try as much as I can to position myself and pretty much keep my shoot button pressed throughout so I can actually get 
the first impact of the groom breaking the clay pot and pieces just flying out everywhere. It's a beautiful shot to get. So again, that's an opportunity for you as a photographer to get a beautiful shot and something that the bride won't have the opportunity to see. And you, in turn, have to be her eyes. Once this is complete and he manages to break the pot of clay in one foul shot, he will then be escorted into the mandap. Now, if you're unaware of what a mandap is, it's almost like a gazebo and it's decorated in beautiful flowers and it has a number of seats inside of the mandap where the groom will be sat, members of his family and also members of the bride's family alongside the priest. Once the groom is inside of the mandap, the priest will then perform the ganache puja. Once everyone is sat, the Pandit will invoke Lord Ganesh and he's the one that removes all obstacles from the newlyweds. It's a very good idea to remain as low-key as possible. Once this is taking place, you'll notice the crowd will go quite quiet. Everyone is paying very much attention to the prayer and you as a photographer, this is your opportunity to take pictures of guests, take pictures of the groom. However, try and remain as inconspicuous as possible and try and remain as respectful as possible because this is a very religious ceremony. Now, following this, the Var Puja will take place. This ceremony is where the bride's parents take the feet of the groom and they wash them. They start with the right and then they go to the left and they're then washed. They also offer flowers to the groom. It's stated in the verdict scriptures at the time of marriage the groom actually represents lord vishnu now whilst this is taking place and the groom is having his feet washed again beautiful opportunity for you to take pictures of this taking place because once again this is not something that the bride will have the opportunity to see so you have to be able to essentially be her eyes and it's something that she can then look forward to and see after the wedding ceremony that's something that you can present to her so it's very very important at the end of that ceremony a veil of cloth is held in front of the groom now that's actually referred to as an antrapat the purpose of that is to prevent the groom from being able to see the bride as she walks down the aisle and sits opposite him because the families and everyone present wants to be able to witness the groom and the bride, for that matter, seeing each other for the first time on their wedding day. So what will happen is, once the antrapath is in front of the bride, will then start to begin to make her entrance. Generally speaking, she will make her entrance with either her parents, with just her father, or maybe a sibling. And these are beautiful opportunities for you to take pictures. I have seen so much creativity between different photographers of how to photograph this moment. So try and stay creative. Once the bride makes her entrance and sits opposite, generally speaking, if you have quite a fun pundit, he will kind of say to the bride, you know, we have someone here to see you. He's feeling really excited to see you today. And whilst the priest kind of entertains and speaks to the bride, this is an amazing opportunity for you to also get into the mandap and take some creative shots of maybe over the antrabat, 
of the bride or vice versa but remember if you do go into the mandap this essentially is a religious area now so you have to take your shoes off do not go into the mandap with your shoes on uh, so please make sure you're respectful but it's an amazing opportunity for you to be taking creative pictures at this point this is something to maybe consider it may be worthwhile speaking to the priest beforehand and getting him to maybe do like a countdown it gives you then the opportunity to position yourself and take either a wide angle shot so you can get the reaction of both the bride and groom especially if you're alone but if you have a second shooter it's always an amazing idea to stand sort of opposite each other and shoot at an angle where you don't get in each other's pictures but you get the reaction of each individual so second shooter can get the groom and you can get the reaction of the bride so again beautiful photo opportunity which shouldn't be missed once they've had their first look garlands of flowers are then exchanged generally speaking the bride will offer the first garland of flowers to the groom this basically signifies that she has chosen this groom of her own free will and she is happy with her choice and the groom will then go ahead and return the compliment and offer her a garland of flowers which signifies welcoming her into her new life as a married woman to him and promising to look after her going forward following this both couples will be sat down prayers will be recited and we'll then get into the gantri bandhan and varmala now what these ceremonies involve is the bride's shawl is tied to the groom's scarf whilst the pandit is chanting to lord shiva goddess parvati lord narayan and goddess lakshmi devi praying for a strong marriage like theirs the knot itself symbolizes the union of two souls being joined in holy matrimony i find as a photographer i allow them to tie the knot once the knot is tied i will maybe kind of come in between them and take a picture of the knot i might whisper to either groom or bride if they can hold hands during this because it just looks very sweet and it looks very intimate the next part of the ceremony is the kanyadan now this is one of the most crucial steps of the ceremony and this is the act of the father putting the hand of his daughter into the groom's hand traditionally what tends to happen is he will hold the left hand of his daughter and place it into the right hand of the groom a prayer is then recited to absolve them and remove any sort of bad karma from the both of them in their married life and in the hopes that their marriage is successful and smooth as possible this can be a very emotional moment so as a photographer again i try to stay as much of a shadow as i can i tend to use a zoom lens for this because i don't want to get in the way of any of the family members but i do want to be able to get up close and personal for this particular moment because it's a very emotional moment especially for the father because he's doing the act of actually placing his daughter's hand into the hands of the groom so make sure you get this shot it's essential and it can be quite emotional for the bride as well following this we come on to the panigrahana ceremony which is the groom 
accepting the bride's hand as a symbol of their impending marital union. And he announces that he is solely responsible for four deities. Now, this is very important for you to pay attention to. The first of those responsibilities is referred to as the bhagya, essentially meaning the wealth in their union. The next one is the haryama, meaning the heavens. The next one is savita, which is new beginnings. And the final one is purandi, which is wisdom. The Rig Vedic mantra is also chanted during this. Moving on from this, we then come to the Mangalfera. This is the act of the couple circling a holy fire four times as the Pandit recites and chants the mantras. The groom will lead the first three rounds and on the final round, the bride will be leading. And that is to signify the balance in their lives, the balance in their marriage. The four pharaohs represent the four basic goals of their life. And these are dharma, which is the moral sense to lead a good life. The artha, which is prosperity within their marriage. The kama, which is the energy and passion. And the moksha, liberalization, which is true self-realization. Now, during this, especially if you're working with a videographer, it's crucial to be able to work together. So what I tend to do for this is for the first circling of the fire, I will go in close alongside my videographer and take whatever pictures or video that you need to. On the second one, we will all just clear and stay back. This is giving the opportunity to your videographer to get a nice, clean, wide shot of everything that is happening because they also need an opportunity to create what they need to create for their wedding film. It also gives you an opportunity as a photographer to also get a nice, clean, wide-angle shot whilst the couple are making their second round of the fire. The third, you can go in again and get pictures whilst family are throwing flowers on the bride and groom. Generally speaking, on the side of the groom, you will have the groom side throwing flowers and shouting and making noise. And on the left-hand side, you will have the bride side, again, throwing flowers, shouting, making noise. And it's almost like a competition of who can kind of scream and cheer the loudest for their side. So it's just a lot of fun. It's just playful fun between the two families. And on the final round, where bride is now circling and taking the lead, I personally like to go up close and get a few pictures of her taking the lead. Once I've gotten my pictures, I'll try and come back just so videographers have the opportunity to also get a clean wide angle shot, just so we can work alongside each other and get what we need to get. The next ceremony that's performed is the most crucial. That's the Saptapadi, the seven steps. The couple will take seven steps, symbolizing the beginning of their married journey together. And at the beginning of each and every step, they will make a vow and receive blessings from the Pandit and from their friends and family who are all present. Whilst they are taking these seven steps, again, it can be quite emotional because we are leading up to the bride saying goodbye to her family. So it's quite an emotional moment and it's building up to its climax. So again, be positioned in a place where you have clear view of taking pictures. However, 
not to disrupt or be center of attention at any point or take any sort of attention away whilst this is going on because as i said this is possibly the most crucial part of the entire ceremony once the seven steps are complete a mangal sutra which is referred to as a necklace is placed around the bride's neck it's a gift from the groom and what it represents is traditionally lakshmi the hindu goddess of fortune and prosperity is invoked and the bride is said to receive blessings throughout her marriage there are however regional variations of this so it may include red beads or white beads or any other sort of color again make sure you get a picture of the mangal sutra once in the groom's hands and the other whilst he is tying it around his bride's neck once that's complete sindur which is red powder is placed on the parting of the newlywed bride just to symbolize her as a new wife and newly married woman now traditionally that's applied by the groom himself once that is complete we have the saddest part of the day which is the vadai this is essentially the bride bidding farewell to her family and she is being sent off by her family she will throw three handfuls of rice and coins over her head which symbolizes her settling any sort of debts to her parents for bringing her up and loving her with everything that they have and all the care that they pour into her it's also to leave prosperity and happiness and food from the house that she has come from as well because that is still part of her so once again this is a very emotional time as she's throwing the rice i generally tend to again stay as a shadow but i will get a image of the bride grabbing her first handful of rice because i think it signifies something very emotional for the couple and the families once that's done i will then back away for the second and third throw as she throws it over her head just to leave that prosperity and goodness for her family before she leaves so it's a very emotional time she will then say goodbye to her family one by one and leave with the groom on arriving at the groom's house she will be welcomed by her mother-in-law with a traditional ceremony of light which is referred to as the arti the bride will enter the home by knocking over a kalash of rice which essentially is like a small cup of rice and what that symbolizes is the ushering of prosperity and abundance within that home from a photographer's point of view you need to be able to take the picture of her actually knocking that over the rice spilling but also the welcoming of both bride and groom by the mother-in-law generally speaking we don't tend to go back to the groom's house however if you are asked this is what happens the bride will then put her feet into a red paste and then walk into the house so her first steps will be with the red paste leaving behind footprints this is to pay a homage to the goddess lakshmi and that's what that symbolizes and that is the entirety of the wedding day for hindu weddings moving on from that we come to the final day which is post wedding this is the reception day and the reception day is a huge massive celebration of the union of the two families and 
the couple. For this, there's no formal events taking place. What will generally tend to happen is both the bride and groom, once guests have seated within the venue, will make their entrance to some music. They will come in dancing, celebrating, and they will go straight to the middle of the venue where their cake is ready to be cut. Once they cut their cake, they may have a first dance. And once they begin dancing, other guests may also get involved. Again, these are beautiful opportunities for you as a photographer. It's very important for you to discuss with your client and ensure that they don't come racing in. More than likely, they won't be slow as entering when they first did during the religious ceremonies. However, just important to have that communication there and understand and know what to expect. So once they do come in, they'll cut their cake. Again, amazing photo opportunities. Get a countdown and speak to your DJ and make sure that there is a countdown. Uh, it gives you the opportunity and the time actually to take the pictures that you need to take of bride and groom. They're having their first dance. Again, just circle them, get different angles, different shots of both of them enjoying themselves, having their first dance, having that intimate moment before guests also come onto the dance floor and begin enjoying themselves. And the rest of it will be pretty much food, speeches, and partying all night long. Pro tip to find out how many speeches to expect. Normally, there is around three to four. One of them is always the groom, where he will thank his bride, his family, bride's family as well, and just dedicate that moment to his newly wed bride. The reception will end with a lot of dancing and a lot of fun from everyone involved. So even though the reception is quite long as well, not too much happens aside from the things I've just mentioned. And essentially, that is a Hindu wedding from beginning to end, from pre-events to post-events. I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I know it's very lengthy. However, it's packed full of information and I hope that you found it really, really useful. If you did, please let me know. And I'm looking forward to speaking to you guys again next week for our final episode of Not All Asian Weddings Are The Same. See you guys there and speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Found my focus soon as you came into view. Highlight and expose the way I think of you. Now it's clear as day just what I need to do Don't ever start